0: Hello, podcast friends. Before I begin today with this podcast, I have a big favor to ask you. I'm starting to create a new online course for parents, parents just like you who are interested and concerned about raising daughters today in the best way that you can. And because you listen to this podcast, I want to hear from you about what challenges you're facing and what goals you have about parenting your daughters. We've created a short video, I'm sorry, a short survey on my homepage at drtimjordan.com that you can answer to tell me what topics and what kind of outcomes you want in this course that I'm creating. I want to know more about where you're struggling, what topics you'd be interested in, and more. So please take a minute and go to my website at drtimjordan.com and sign on to send me this very short survey. I, I really appreciate it. I'd be honored to have your input. I want to make this course so it really fits your needs. Now on to the podcast. Hello folks, Dr. Tim Jordan here with a new podcast called Raising Daughters, actually a new episode for this podcast. I've been doing this for several years and I just published a book about a month or so ago called She Leads, A Practical Guide for Raising Girls Who Advocate, Influence, and Lead. And in doing my research for that book, I read a lot of stories about eminent women. And one of the things that struck me was how few of them I had heard of. So I'm going to tell you some stories today of some eminent women and girls. I want to see if you've ever heard of their names or their stories before. This is a good podcast, I think, to listen to with your daughter, because then you can both learn together about some women who made their mark in the world. Let me start with a woman whose name is Maya Lin, and she was an undergraduate at Yale Architectural School when she won a public design competition for building a Vietnam Veteran Memorial. And this this is her quote. Here are her exact words. It was an anonymous competition. You were just a number. And I was number 1026. And I wonder to this day, had my name and age been out there, would it have made a difference? My ethnicity, my gender, my age? She was only about 19 years old when she did it. She also said, I was raised in a household where all that mattered was what you thought and what your ideas were. And you fought for those ideas. The memorial was built exactly as I had envisioned it, but it was a fight, but I never, never, ever gave up. I wonder if you or your daughter has ever heard about Maya Lin. You may have heard something vaguely about the Vietnam uh, Memorial. Maybe you've been there, but maybe you didn't know the story behind who did it. And that's my point today, is I want your daughters to start having more stories brought to their attention of girls and women who went out out there and did some really impactful things in the world. Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, is a researcher. I've talked about her before. She did research on a fixed versus a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is when you feel like your ability in playing guitar or math or whatever is fixed, meaning if you start to struggle and it's hard, it means I'm not good at this. Therefore, it's never going to get better because I have a fixed ability, a fixed ability to be able to to do this thing. A growth mindset is when you feel like if things get tough, if if you start to struggle in something like tennis or math or whatever, that you have a sense of, if I just work harder, smarter, maybe get some more resources or help, I know I can do better. I can grow that muscle in my brain and improve my performance. And Dweck and other people's research has found that Compared to boys, girls have a, more of a tendency to have a fixed mindset, and particularly in math, which is interesting. Um, and I think that brain wiring, which causes that discrepancy, I think also gets heightened when girls, at least in the past, and it's getting better, but even to the present day, girls lack good role models in STEM, uh, in STEM jobs, STEM careers. There are some, but we don't hear about them nearly as much, and it's building. But I think the lack of role models also has influenced the fact that a lot of girls have not, in the past at least, gone into mathematics and science kind of things. Um, so we, need, we have some work to do to help girls have some better role models, or not better ones, just role models that they're aware of. I think a lot of girls today, a lot of parents are aware of Greta Thunberg, Uh, She's pretty well known by now, and she's an environmental activist who started her her journey with activism when she was about 13 years of age. I believe she's only 16 or 17 now, but she started a movement around the world of young people advocating for climate control, climate change. So her story inspired me to start looking for other stories of girls who have led the way, girls who have done some great things, girls who have made an impact in the world. And these are stories I really want your daughters to hear. I'm going to give you a couple different examples. The first is Margaret Knight. That's K-N-I-G-H-T. When she was uh, just a kid, she started working in a factory. It was like a mill factory, a manufacturing kind of place. And when she was 12, she invented a stop-motion device in 1914 that would shut off the malfunctioning loom after an accident. Because what was happening is people were losing their hands and their arms. Um, So she invented this when she was 12. And it was used in in factories all over the country. And here's here's Margaret's direct quote. As a child, I never cared for things that girls usually do. Dolls never possessed any charms for me. I couldn't see the sense of coddling bits of porcelain with senseless faces. The only thing I wanted was a jackknife, a gimlet, and pieces of wood. 12-year-old invented something that saved lots of people's arms and limbs. Amazing. Up next is Eliza Lucas Pinckney, P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y. When she was 16, she lived lived in Virginia, uh, and her dad was a farmer. And when she was 16, her dad got called away to the military. This was in 1740. And so Eliza, at age 16, took over running every aspect of, of the plantation that her family owned, everything. And she started doing experiments with the crops And by age 21, her enterprise had made her a very wealthy and independent woman. So she continued over her life to experiment with flax and hemp crops, and it made a huge difference in the South. To the point where, when she she died, President George Washington personally requested to serve as a pallbearer at her funeral. That's how much of an impact Eliza Lucas Pinckney had made. Here's another one. Uh, Myra Avella Neves. I'm sure I said that wrong, N-E-V-E-S. She was from Brazil. And at age 15, there was a lot of violence going on in uh, Rio de Janeiro, where she lived. And so she organized hundreds of kids for protest marches, demanding that the violence stop at least during school hours. In 2008, she won the International Children's Peace Prize for her efforts. And she did that all on her own. Here's another one. Uh, uh, Niha Gupta. At age nine, she founded a not-for-profit called Empower Orphans, and that created self-sufficiency among orphaned and abandoned kids uh, in India. She's raised over $250,000, and she's impacted the lives of over 150,000 kids. And her efforts at that age won her the prestigious World of Children Award. Amazing. Age nine. Next up, Corey Johnson, an environmental activist at age 11. Her 16-year-old sister died probably because of contaminated water in her community where she lived. A lot of kids were getting birth defects in that community from chemicals from, a, from crop dusters. So after she went to a bereavement group for a while, this is as an 11-year-old, she got tired of it and she inspired kids to form their own group to work for a change instead of crying about it every month. So she founded Children for a Safe Environment. She gave her first talk at a public hearing at age 11 she uh, gave talks at rallies, she did mail-outs, she, she organized protests, she had press conferences, and eventually she got the incinerator company that, that was causing the problems to leave her town. After that, kids all over the country called for help in starting environmental groups like she had. And because of her efforts in her town, she lost a lot of friends, she was harassed, especially friends who had parents who were working for the polluting companies. And so it, it was at great cost to her that she, that she spoke up and did what she did. Here's her quote. Once you're in this, you're in it for life. You look at things differently. You question authority. You speak up for what you believe in, even if it costs you teachers and family and friends. I don't mind what it has cost me to do this work because my sister died. I don't have her near me to laugh with and stay up late with, to talk about boys with, and to do volunteer work with. In 1993, she was awarded the Environmental Youth Award from President Bill Clinton. In 1998, she won the prestigious Goldman Environmental Award, which is called the Nobel, Nobel Prize for Environmental Movement. And she also received the first John Denver Windstar Youth Award for being the most environmentally active young person in the country. And this started when she was 11, Corey Johnson. So, I've always believed that we underestimate what our daughters can accomplish. We underestimate kids in general, their value, what they can do, how they can contribute. And I think it's especially true these days because we're so focused on this one path of getting straight A's and being on the the best club sports teams and going to a top college and getting a good job and making lots of money. That's kind of the prescribed path. And I think it's, it's kind of distracted us from thinking about what can girls do now? Some of our heroes that I talked about earlier were 9, 11, 12 when they started their work. I would encourage your daughters to read stories of girls and women who pushed through stereotypes and gender biases, and they made their mark on the world. Let me read you uh, the names of several books that I think would be good for your daughters to read. One is called Girls Who Rock the World. Another is Women of Courage. A third one is Little Dreamers, Visionary Women Around the World. A fourth one is RAD Women Worldwide, and RAD is capital letters R-A-D, RAD Women Worldwide. And then the last one is called FIRSTS, Women Who Are Changing the World. I think for girls to become leaders, there's a couple of things that are really important. One of them is that we see them for who they are and acknowledge them for the many ways they're being brave and leading right now, at whatever age they are. You don't have to be Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, you don't have to be the student council president. You don't have to be a senator. You don't have to be an adult to make a difference. There's so many ways that, that girls are leading and making a difference, in even small ways that we don't acknowledge enough. In order for, for girls to become leaders, they need to see themselves as leaders. And one way for them to do that is for us to see them and acknowledge them for those places we see them in leadership. I also think for girls to become leaders, they need more uh, role models who are more like them, that they can connect with and see themselves in that kind of role. I think we're we're getting better at um, allowing opportunities for women to, to do more and more and more. There are a lot of role models for girls out there right now from 200 years ago, 500 years ago, uh, 100 years ago. We just don't talk about them. They've been buried in history. So it's important that we start to... Show girls those stories, find books, look for articles in the paper. Uh, there's, always, there's always places we can find stories that will inspire our daughters. We need to help them find inspiration from girls and women who have walked before them, who have broken some of those glass ceilings or have created their own ceilings and their own paths. I think that's a really important and crucial way that we can inspire our daughters to take up leadership roles in whatever ways that they want So provide those models and read them stories and find stories uh, that will help inspire them to do so. I'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. You can look for my new book, She Leads, a practical guide for raising uh, girls who advocate, influence, and lead. You can find it in in bookstores. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Kindle. You can find it on our website at drtimjordan.com. If you like these these podcasts, please pass them on to your friends, and this, and especially this one I think would be a good one for for you and and your friends to listen to with their daughters, and then go and find some of those stories. I guess today we've got to find them online because of the, the virus, but you can find stories, you can find books uh, so to provide your daughter with people who can inspire them and mentor them and lead them, even through the pages of a book. I'll see you back here in two weeks. Thanks for joining me.